Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. We swim together at least four times a week, like in the same lane, I would say. Um, so, I mean, we are, we're together all the time. And I think, especially coming off of Rio for me, like, and Cody as well, like our lives completely changed. Like we went from, I mean, we were obviously good swimmers before we made the Olympics, but like we went from nobodies to like everybody in town knowing who we were. So I think really it, like a lot of it was just a life transformation for both of us. Um, and, you know, we have seen each other at quite literally our very best days and our very worst days. Yeah. So it's, I mean, really, we, we really have. And, you know, like he helped me a lot when I was struggling with post Olympic stuff. And like, I mean, I saw you go through a lot of stuff when like your knee started to explode. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like we've really like been through it and it's, it's only been four years, but it feels like it's been so much longer than that just because we've like seen each other through so many ups and downs. Welcome to Champions Mojo, a podcast to bring out your inner champion. Your hosts are sisters-in-law, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Kelly is a former Division I head swim coach, Olympic trials qualifier, and holds national and world records in Masters swimming. Maria holds world records in endurance cycling and won the world's toughest bike race, Race Across America. Both are certified health and life coaches. Our goal is to inspire you through conversations with champions. And now your host, Kelly Pallas. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast, where my co-host Maria Parker and I are just thrilled about today's show, which is part of our Power Partnership series, where we will be chatting with two Olympic champions, Lily King and Cody Miller. Lily, Cody, welcome to Champions Mojo. Thank you so much for being on our show today. Yes, welcome, you guys. Thanks for having us. I'm excited to be back. Yes, yes. And these guys really don't need any, any introduction, but we are going to give them a little introduction. Um, first, Lily and Cody train together in Bloomington, Indiana, and they're a power partnership because they just have an amazing friendship that you can just see it when you watch uh, Cody's YouTube channel. You really see their, their chemistry and following their career path, both Cody and Lily are breaststrokers and they walked away from, they each walked away from the 2016 Beijing Olympic Games with some serious hardware. Lily won two golds, one in the 100 breast and one in the 400 medley relay while setting a world record. And Cody earned a gold medal in the 400 medley relay and a bronze in the 100 breaststroke. So Maria, let's hear more on this dynamic duo. Sure, Kelly. Both Lily and Cody swam for the University of Indiana under coach Ray Luz. At IU, Lily accomplished the unprecedented four-peat of winning NCAA titles in the 100 and 200 breaststroke all four years. And Cody also had a stellar career for Indiana, earning multiple All-American honors. Cody is also the first professional swimmer to be sponsored by Endless Pools, and his YouTube channel, The Adventures of Cody Miller, has almost 150,000 subscribers. So let's jump right in here. How did the two of you meet? <laughs> Lily, do you, have you ever been asked that question before? No, but I, I have an answer and I think it's different than your answer. Yeah, I think it probably will be. <laughs> I want to hear it. I want to okay. hear it. Okay. You don't remember. You do not remember this. I know, I know for a fact. 
So at 2014 Summer Nationals, I had just made the national team for the first time, the Hunter Breaststroke. I was sixth place. I think it was 16 or 17. Cody had just won nationals for the first time, made pantbacks. Okay. So it was a really big, big swims for both of us. I was still in high school and my club coach swam with Cody in college, or he was a fifth year when you were a freshman or something like yeah. that. So I remember I was kind of hanging out with, with Aaron, my, my club coach and Cody walks by and you guys are talking and I was like, good job, Cody. And you were like, thanks. <laughs> you just walked up. <laughs> so that was the first time we really well i thought we met. that was the first interaction we ever had my first memory <laughs> of you was uh was on your recruiting trip to indiana i remember we we were having a, a chocolate slip and slide at the lake do you remember that and <laughs> yes. uh, like all the recruits were there and me and a couple of my roommates were like all right who's ready to get like chocolate syrup all over them so you could slide down the slip and slide and like nobody came forward and then lily jumped up and she's like i'm ready <laughs> like <laughs> squirted chocolate on you that's the first memory that i have of like ever like i was like oh this little girl seems kind of funny but you were like really young like that was i mean it yeah. wasn't until after it wasn't until really i mean a ways into your freshman year of college that like we really started to kind of click a bit i mean we were in, yeah. in the in the same lane every single day but i mean we have such an i mean not a huge age gap but, you know we weren't in school at the same time so it was really like a you know big brother little sister kind of a thing What what is the age gap Five well, years. I'm about to turn 29, so yeah, that's right. That's right. So <laughs> you were a senior when Lily came on her recruiting trip, so you were going to be yeah. out of there. You guys never really, you never swam on the same IU team. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Cool. That's right. So, um, Lily, what what was your like when you swam in 2014 at the senior at your first senior nationals? What did you do in that meet? Um, How did you do? I don't even remember really. I, I just remember I probably said the 200 breaststroke and it was probably really slow. Um, <laughs> and then um, I don't even, I, I genuinely don't remember. I, I do remember I swam the hundred breast was my last event. I made the final that morning kind of unexpectedly. And then I was like, Oh, I only have to beat two people and I can make the national team. Like that's pretty cool. Um, and then I did, I was sixth and made the national team. So yeah, that was kind of my, first big nationals. So you guys, um, started, uh, Cody, you stayed on as a, you know, a, a graduate working out at Indiana. You've been there 10 years now training, right? Uh, yep. I think I saw you say that. Um, and then, so you guys became training partners. You, you were, you started out as training partners. And then at what point do you think it really like became this kind of special friendship? Probably after the Olympics, I would say. I mean, like we were friends, obviously, prior to the, you know, prior to us making the team. But I think after going through that experience, like really dealing with the aftermath of the Olympics, kind of brought brought Lily and I closer together in a way that, um, you know, I, I never really talked about publicly before. But I mean, you know, you hear about the post-Olympic blues across the board, you know, these Olympians that go to the games do really well or don't do very well. And either way, there's there's a lot of hard times that follow that. And, you know, for us, it was like, you know, going to the Olympics for me really changed me, you know, kind of made me reevaluate what was important in my life, what, like what I really wanted. And, and, and my relationship with Ray, because Ray is this guy that is always on, always pushing, always go, go, go 100% all the time. And it was really hard for me to come back to that. And Lily was like a good mediator. And, and Lily went through similar things as well, you know, coming off, especially after she set that world record in 2017, 
I mean, it's been kind of a slow burn. It's been over time, but really the first year of our relationship, we didn't really talk much. We were just kind of in the pool together at the same time. And I think that we both just kind of realized that like over time we were like really, really similar. Like we kind of thrive under pressure. Um, we like to see, we like to see people around us struggle, you know, all the, all those little things. Um, but it, it definitely, it, it's developed over, you know, a long period of time now. Shoot. Lily's one of Allie's best friends. And, uh, <laughs> you know, people pretty much refer to us as siblings now. So it's kind of weird. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just like yeah. slightly strange. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about, uh, you have a big event coming up in November, uh, a new Miller coming into the world. Well, Lily, are you, are you going to be Aunt Lily? I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, that's that's the plan right now. I mean, if they let me come see the baby after ISL, that's the plan. <laughs> I mean, I think the first thing she'll do, once Lily has her negative COVID test, when she gets back, she's going to come back and probably be one of the first people to hold the baby. So um, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> So exciting. Cody, you, you said two things that I thought were interesting. One, that Lily acted as a mediator between you and the coach. And um, the other is that you both like to have people, see people struggle. Can you expound on that? I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what you mean. Oh, man, we can do a whole podcast on that. Um, so <laughs> Lily and I, I mean, it goes both ways. Like, especially now, Lily and I both act as each other's mediator towards Ray. Because Lily and I are yes, both definitely. good at... Lily and I are both good at communicating with Ray and as fantastic of a coach as Ray is sometimes the best coaches in the world are hard to deal with because they're just really intense and that's kind of how Ray is. And so sometimes it takes someone who's not in the heat of the moment to step in and convey what is trying to be said. And we do that almost on a weekly basis with each other at this point. Um, but we slowly figured that out coming off of the Olympics and coming off of 2017 world championships where you know, you, you come off these giant events and then there's a big stretch of time where there's not a whole lot of things coming up. And obviously, you know, coaches just want to keep you in line, keep you training, keep you focused. And sometimes you're not there for various reasons. Right. And it's good to have a teammate that kind of always has your back and, and that kind of developed. But, you know, the thing I realized about Lily pretty early on is that she's a killer. Right. That she when she sees weakness, she just she just she's like a heat seeking missile. She comes in and destroys it. And she thrives on that kind of stuff. Really, you do. Like, you know when Lily's in practice and there's some some of the, the mid-level guys on our team, the, the mid-level breaststrokers that Lily trains with, when they're having an off day, she can smell it. She sees blood in the water. And she That's thrives off of that. <laughs> and I love that from the jump. Like, from her freshman year, like, how competitive she is all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm very much the same way. So, in a lot of ways, we're very similar. Yeah, so, we joke about that a lot. We're like, you can, you can smell the blood. I can smell his blood. <laughs> I'll get him. <laughs> you're pre you're and that, you love that, Lily. You're, you're not. You're not. Uh, that's something that you. That, did you see that in Cody as well? I was. I think so. I think it's different because he's the fastest guy there. So if he's if he's sniffing blood, he's probably having a bad day. But <laughs> but yeah, again, like with the mediator stuff, it's it's we both handle Ray in I think different ways, and I would even argue to say that Ray and I get at it a little bit more than he does with Cody. Maybe not as much as you guys did early on, but I know especially like my freshman and sophomore year, Ray and I were at it all the time. Yeah. Um, and it was never really a bad thing. We're just both, we're very similar. I think the three of us are very similar and we're all kind of intense all the time. And um, I think passion is the word that we need. To yeah. Use. 
just super passionate. We, we all, the three of us all think we're right all the time. That's the problem. That's true. So I think, I and think I will say like having both, the two of us is better. Both yeah. Lily and I have, have developed the skill and gotten better at calming down and coming to our senses faster to help alleviate whatever we're trying to get through with Ray. Like if we're doing something that is just utterly ridiculous and it happens, sometimes Ray just gives us something that we're like, Ray, like we both hold American <laughs> records, but like, we can't do that. Like we can't make that. And and his job is to push the boundaries, right? Like that's not necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes we get really heated when we're discussing what we're doing or what we're trying to do or a goal time or, or an interval or whatever it is. And I think, you know, over the years, both Lily and I have gotten better at, either calming each other down or communicating with Ray in the heat of the moment, because that's really what's important, right? Is being able to communicate in the moment. Yes. So Lily, um, I wanted to ask you and Cody referred to, you guys got closer after the 2016 Olympics. You had an amazing Olympics there, Lily. I mean, both of you guys had amazing Olympics there, but Lily, you had some obvious to us, fans and people watching some huge ups and some, I wouldn't even say downs, but pressure put on you. And can you just speak to the role that Cody played in both your successes and your, your tough times in the 2016 Olympics? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we swim together at least four times a week, like in the same lane, I would say. Um, so, I mean, we are, we're together all the time and I think, especially coming off of Rio for me, like, and Cody as well, like our lives completely changed. Like we went from, I mean, we were obviously good swimmers before we made the Olympics, but like we went from nobodies to like everybody in town knowing who we were. So I think really it, like a lot of it was just a life transformation for both of us. Um, and, you know, we have seen each other at quite literally our very best days and our very worst days. Yeah. So it's, I mean, really, we, we really have. And, you know, like he helped me a lot when I was struggling with post-Olympic stuff. And like, I mean, I saw you go through a lot of stuff when like your knee started to explode. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like we've really like been through and it's it's only been four years but it feels like it's been so much longer than that just because we've like seen each other through so many ups and downs was there support or describe like the support maybe you got it from from cody in the in the finger wagging incident we we don't need to go into the details everybody knows about it but like did cody have some words of wisdom for you and and then cody can you answer (laughs) did lily have any words of wisdom for you and um, you know, some, you, you've been through a little pressure and media attention on DQs and, you know, things like, just like that side of your, your friendship. I think that Lily and I have both been through a lot of things that both good and bad, that very few people have ever experienced. And it's yes. really difficult to be in one of those situations and feel isolated and feel very alone and yeah. sometimes not know how to cope with that. And I think that oftentimes the best thing that could happen in one of those situations is just knowing that you have someone that understands what you're going through, right? That sense of support, that sense of community, you know, the feeling people have when they know they look at a family member and they, they immediately understand what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. And Lily and I kind of have that in the pool all the time. 
like when we're struggling or we're doing great, like if we look at each other, we know exactly what the other person is thinking. Like all the, all the time, like it, it, we don't even have to say anything to each other. Like it doesn't matter what, if something that is going on is great or something that's going on is terrible. Like if we look at each other, like we know and we instantly know and we understand. And so oftentimes like we don't really talk a whole lot about the deep stuff. We just kind of joke around and try to bring each other up when we can or try to keep supporting someone when they're doing well. But I would kind of equate it to just like an unspoken bond. I mean, obviously the first thing that comes to mind is just like when we're suffering and we're having a really bad day and Ray is pushing and like you're right on the verge of like you want to snap and then I look over and I just see <laughs> Lily and she's like, you know, she's just nodding and smiling just a little bit. And she just kind of gives me a fist pump. And I'm like, oh, she knows. Like, she's been there. She <laughs> feels me. You know, like, that's that's really that's really what it is. And those things are important, you know? Yeah. I don't think it's as much as, like, the specifics of it. Like, like if Cody has a bad swim or something goes wrong in me, whatever. I'm not going to be like, do you want to talk about it? Like, that's not <laughs> how we are, you know? <laughs> like, it's more, it's more like, hey, you know you okay like just checking in or, or even just distracting each other i think we both distract each other so well at meets at practice oh my gosh we do this thing where uh every once in a while if lily and i aren't near each other and like we call it sonar communication i don't know if that's <laughs> the right word but we'll just make chicken noises like across <laughs> the pool we'll be like burr, 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 and like we'll communicate so we know it's like marco polo people hate it like people get so upset when we do it we do it all the time all the time that's really random funny. chicken noises. That is started when we were swimming in the dungeon. It did. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's like twin speak. You know, you have your own it little is. your own little language. So have you it guys is. ever had any um any tough times in your friendship or any obstacles like that you guys have had to overcome together? Nothing's come to mind. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, like we're both difficult to deal with sometimes. Like this morning, Cody was like oh, yeah. so into practice and I was about <laughs> oh. to rip his head off. Oh, I was, but... <laughs> I was having a good one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, other than like, it's, it's obviously like tough when one of us is, you know, having a, having a rough week or going through whatever. And the other one sometimes feels kind of the results of that. Like when we're swimming together, like if I'm really sad, sometimes he gets a little sad and he's all sad and grumpy. I'm like, <laughs> but um but like difficult times in a friendship I don't I don't know nah, we haven't I, had one yet I can't think of a time where I was ever like mad at Lily or like didn't want to talk to Lily or was like we've never had like a, a thing uh I've never had a fight yeah so, so Cody no. I'm gonna ask you this and then this gives Lily a little time tell us three funny things about Lily well, you're odd, odd, <laughs> odd, odd, funny. No, cute, no, no, no. Stupid. Three. I I should have read the show notes beforehand because I like would have put a whole lot of thought into this. I, <laughs> I know I'm supposed to be this professional, like in yeah. You know, but I just really not. I just I'm winging well, it. Well, you can jump well. in. You can jump in on Cody anytime you want. The clucking is pretty good. <laughs> that is. The clucking has to be number one for both of us. <laughs> Well, this is something that everybody kind of knows, but like Lily has to be the last person to step on the blocks at, on, for a race. So she always is the last person on the blocks. And I like, 
my favorite part of the race is like the first 30 seconds before they even get in the water. Cause sometimes she'll get into this, these little battles where <laughs> yeah. someone is like, I'm not going to let Lily be the last, you know, and she gets into it and they're like holding up the, like Lily's been in trouble at meets for holding up for meat delays. Cause she won't get on. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I, love, I love that stuff. Um, yeah. Lily, Lily's obsessed I like with that. Harry Potter, just like I am. I mean, I've got a giant Harry Potter right here. Did you really, <laughs> did you really pay a hundred bucks for that, Cody? Yeah, I really did. It was legitimately a hundred. That's not the most expensive one he has, by the way. That's <laughs> well worth it. That's well worth it. Cause you thought you were going to get the little one, right? Well, I just didn't, I, I thought it was going to be big like this one, you know, like these ones, but it's like four times the size. So yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't is, know. That's that. really cool. That's I, cool. I like that. I like the clucking. Did, did, did uh, Cody start with that? I mean, did you guys both start start collecting? Okay, I think yeah. it started. My dad clucks songs all the time, oh. <laughs> and we were and we were swimming in this dungeon pool for like like one lane. I mean, in a house, like it was super weird. Um, so we were swimming in this dungeon pool for like we call it the Bat Cave. Yeah. So we're swimming in the Bat Cave for like two months, probably. It was mm -hmm. in Indy. We're driving like an hour and fifteen minutes there and back every day it just you know you're swimming in a dark one lane pool it gets kind of depressing so we just started clucking songs that we play. <laughs> and, and after that like nobody ever wanted to cluck with us because why would they um and now it's kind of become like our, our little marco polo game yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that's totally cool so in I, I getting love. a little little a little more serious and and not um i mean it's not that serious but i'd like uh, Lily, for you to answer what you think makes Cody so successful, and then Cody, answer what do you think makes Lily so successful? So, Lily, what, what, like, just maybe a few qualities in Cody, or why is Cody Miller so successful in what he does? Ooh, we're getting deep here. <laughs> I think, okay. One of the things that makes him so successful is that he's like, totally able to go to the dark place. And I don't know how you're able to do that, but you are, you can like flip the switch and you're like, well, you're in a totally different universe, especially when you're racing. Um, and it's funny, like, even when we're at practice and doing pulleys sometimes, like I can see you go to the dark place before you push off the wall. Like your eyes change. It's the weirdest thing. But, um, I think that's part of the reason like you're able to race so well is because it's, it's like that flip of the switch. Um, and I think this for both of us, you definitely more so than me is that we didn't grow up like with silver spoon in our mouth. Yeah. You know, like we, we didn't grow up going to the country club and having everything given to us. Like we both had to work to get to where we are. And I think that's a huge reason as to why we've been able to be as successful as we are. Yeah, what does going to the dark place mean? Like, what do you, can you just describe that a little more? Like, well, I mean, I don't know if the dark place is the right way to describe it. Cause it sounds like a bad thing, but yeah. it, it, it's just an ability to get really serious in the moment. And Focus. I, it really says like, I can kind of just flip a switch in my mind and my, my whole demeanor and my whole mindset changes. I call it tunnel vision. So it's like, all of the sudden everything else just kind of blurs and the one and particularly when I, it happens a lot when we're doing pulleys we do pulleys at the end of practice and so we're throwing weight on you know we got a belt on we're swimming down the pool and i've got a tempo trainer in i'm trying to hit a stroke count of tempo and pull this weight through the water 
And a lot of times at the end of those practices, I mean, I'll be joking around for 10 or 15 seconds, cracking jokes. And then 15 seconds before I'm ready to leave the wall, I'll shut my eyes and I'll visualize what the pool is going to look like at trials or what the blocks look like at the Olympics or whatever meet I'm preparing for. And like, I'll, I'll physically take myself to that place in the moment and then push off the wall, explode and sprint that lap. And um, it just, it's just getting like really serious. And, and I think that the best athletes in the world, swimmers and non-swimmers have that ability to kind of hone in on that ability. Uh, Lily certainly has that as well. It's probably just not as pronounced because she isn't, you know, quite as animated as I am all the time, right? Like it's much more of a distinct change when it happens with me. Um, but I love this question for, for, yeah, I've, I've thought about this before about like what makes Lily really, really good because a lot of people have asked me this. And I remember when I was 16, I was on the national junior team and I met the great coach Jack Roach, right? And I remember asking Jack at the time when I was like 16, I was like, what makes Phelps so much better than everybody else? Cause you know, at 16, I was just obsessed with Michael Phelps, like everybody else. And Jack said, there are great athletes and great swimmers in this world that love to win and that thrive off of winning and that just want to be the best, but nothing compares to someone like Michael who hates to lose. He hates to lose more than anything else. And that is how I would describe Lily. She hates losing more than she likes winning. And that is a rare trait, a very, very rare trait, even among some of the best athletes in the world. It's like a high, it's a level of, of, of competition that you just don't really see. Um, like you saw, like I just watched the Michael Jordan documentary, the, oh, you know, the, the 10, oh my God, so good. that dude, that dude was, was, was about winning, but more so he was about not losing. And like that I see in Lily all the time, even in just like little kick sets we go to practice. I don't want to compare myself to Michael Jordan, <laughs> but I watched, I watched Why that not? documentary and Why like, not? There were things yeah. that came out of his mouth that I say all the time. Yeah, we and texted was each like, other about that. We were like, I swear, that's something you've said to me before. I'm like, I said that last week. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah so I get that. I'm like, I, I'm like, get embarrassed to lose. That's my mentality is it is embarrassing for me to lose. So, and honestly, like kind of the same with Michael, like, like whenever Michael lost a race, the article was Phelps loses. Mm-hmm. If I lose a hundred brushstroke, which luckily hasn't happened in a while, that would be the article would be, you know, Lily loses the hundred brushstroke. So I think you get to a point where it does kind of become embarrassing to lose. And I don't know if that's, if it is actually embarrassing to lose or if that's just my mentality, but yeah, I, I don't like losing at all. Well, so yeah, I, w- I was, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really interested in that because we, we talk about the, the, uh, there's psychology that says that you're supposed to be mode supposed to be motivated by the rewards of success versus versus the embarrassment or shame of failure. But my experience has been that all great people are, are much more motivated by the negative than the rewards. I mean, you expect to win, I guess so. But I wanted to ask. I was going to put it positively, but I think I want to put it negative. I was going to say how has your friendship made you better people? But I'm what I really want to know is. If you didn't have each other as friends, how would that have changed things for you? Ooh, that's, that's really I hard. I thought about that. That's impossible to say, honestly. I mean, it would have been a real struggle coming off of the Olympics, much more so. Because 
Lily and I maybe have had three like really deep conversations about like post Olympics and, and some of the struggles that we've had as close as we are. Like I, there's very few people that I'm close with as, as close with Lily as I am. I mean, just a handful of people. Mm-hmm. And um, we've only really had, like I said, three, maybe four real deep conversations about this kind of thing. Like we're not, people have this, this perception of us because they see us on YouTube ch- chatting and talking, being light, that we're just like these open books that like discuss our problems and talk about everything. And like, we're not like that. Um, so just having someone there, kind of what I alluded to a little bit earlier of just having someone there that is, that is understanding of what's going on. Because like when we came back from the Olympics or when Lily breaks the world record, you know, we couldn't walk into a subway without somebody recognizing who we are. And we were just like deer in the headlights, like didn't know how to handle things. And the, the most comforting thing in the world is having someone there that understands that. So if we were to remove that, if we were to take each other out of that equation, it would have been a much more troublesome, difficult road. Um, and it quite honestly just wouldn't have been as, as fun either. If you want to look at, you know, look at it positively, it's just, man, there are so many days when we go to the pool and we know it's going to suck. But having someone there that like, you know, is on the, on your same wavelength and is joking around and, and makes it fun. Um, it's, it's just always better, always better. Yeah. yeah. We just, we keep each other from going crazy. I mean, and also like kind of going back to post Rio, it would have, you know, I think deer in the headlights was the perfect description of that. Cause we didn't, we didn't know what to do. Like we had never been through it. Coaches had never been through it. Like we had no idea what was going to happen when we got back. Um, and then like we get back to Bloomington and everybody knows us. Like it was, it was crazy. Like I, I was 19 years old. Like it was overnight fame. I had to go to class and everyone in my class knew who I was. Can you imagine sitting in a class you don't want to be in? And then the whole room knows who you are. Um, so it was, I think it just made it a much less lonely journey. Um, having someone who was going through literally the same thing. So I mean, yeah. even for me, it's like, I mean, after, you know, a few years ago, like, t- so today is Allie and I's th- three year anniversary. We've been married for three oh, congratulations. years. Congratulations. Thank wow. you. Yeah, we're going to dinner after this. It's gonna be great. So uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> <Am I> not invited. <laughs> gonna make that joke. You know, but like, as you all know, like marriage is ups and downs. And, and you know, Allie and I have a great marriage, like we really do synergistically, she understands swimming, she supports me in all the right ways. But it's not always easy, you know, and, and there were transitions for me, like after getting married and being in this, this new old relationship, right? And Lily knows Allie really, really well. And Lily knows me really, really well. So she has been there for both of us. Not that we've, Allie and I have had like big, you know, explosive, argumentative, detrimental fights or anything, but she's a constant that like can kind of be a little bit of a, you know, somewhat of a glue in certain situations. Um, and that's, that's honestly something that we've never even really talked about, but it, it's real. Like that's real. Like, oh, I am the mediator in your marriage. 100%. <laughs> so mediation's, mediation's a big theme here. It's yes. funny because Allie knows like, cause people will see my, my videos and they think that I'm like this crazy extrovert and I'm, and Lily knows like, I'm really not, I'm really not like I, I, I'm able to kind of, I describe it as turning up the volume right? I turn up the level of intensity for, for, you know, for dramatic effect for, for, per, you know, I am that person. I am, I am happy the majority of the time, but I try to up that energy level for my videos, but I come home and I just shut down and Allie is on all the time, all, <laughs> all the time. She is a real energizer bunny. 
and Lily understands that. So it's just, oh, it's really helpful. <laughs> and Lily, are you, are you an introvert too? Or are you an energizer bunny or both? I mean, you could be both. Um, no, I, I think I'm definitely, especially in new situations, I'm definitely much more introverted than I think a lot of people realize. Um, which I think is why I get this odd, like persona that I am like this evil, nasty human, but like, I'm actually like pretty introverted. Um, if the camera's on, I'm on. Yeah. It's really weird. Like as soon as that camera turns on, I am, I'm on, I'm ready to go. I'm energetic and having fun, but camera's off. I'm definitely a lot more low key. So like I have been enjoying, enjoying quarantine cause I don't have to have any social interaction and I can just hang out with my cat at home. Like that is ideal for me. <laughs> well, that was one of the questions we had prepared for you to was, so tell us a little bit about the being in quarantine together. Cause, cause I see you guys are, you know, sharing a lane. So you're obviously what I call a, a quarantine pod, you know, or a COVID pod. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're, you're both negative. You're hanging out, you're breathing the same air. Um, but how have you, like, what have been more so the, the, the postponement of the Olympics. So that kind of disappointment, no matter what, I mean, even, you know, you get another year, but it's still a disappointment to not, I mean, for me to not to get to see you guys swim this summer sure. was a disappointment, yeah. but just yeah, anytime the, somebody moves the finish line, it's hard. Yeah. Um, so, so how have you dealt with that, the postponement and the, the quarantine and just kind of, it's a tough world right now, a little bit. Yeah. I think we all kind of had different reactions, like our whole pro group. And we've been so lucky. Like we've got this group of what are 10 of us yeah. and like, that's our crew. That's it. Like we see each other and we go to the pool and we go to the grocery store and that's about it. Like, the, like for the most part, we don't really go anywhere. So it's been, it's been nice to have that group of 10 or so people. Um, but as far as like when the Olympics were postponed, we, we all reacted very differently. I think Cody, you were, you were bummed. You I were not. Really, I was really down. I was really disappointed. You were not good. And then I was like, eh, whatever. Okay, let's go to practice. Like, I deal with stress in a super strange way. Like, I will, I will push away all feelings that I have for as long as I can. So, really, like, all quarantine, I was like, I'm good. Let's go. Okay. And then I had, I think I had my Olympic meltdown like three weeks ago. Yep. I, I made it five it. months. I was going to say it. Yeah. It, it <laughs> wow. hit all of us at different times. Like it hit me right away because I had, you know, had this vision in my mind of, you know, we kind of planned the pregnancy, not like around the Olympics, but like we were like, okay, at the beginning of this year, we'll try. And then, you know, most likely we'll have the baby after the games. And that kind of went out the window. And, um, you know, I had this thought process of like where, my level of an intensity was going to be like what, what I was, you know, it just, it all got thrown out the window. And so it hit me right away. Whereas it hit Lily a lot later on. I mean, shoot, we were going 10 weeks driving three hours a day up to Indy to swim in the, the pool that we call the bat cave, the one lane pool. Um, and the whole time we were just, you know, we were doing it for a variety of reasons because we thought it was the right thing to do because it was the only place we could swim because we needed to pass the time because, you know, we wanted to keep training, but all your emotions are just bouncing all over the place. You know, everybody who's stuck at home, not working, you know, not training, whatever it is. I mean, cabin fever is real and it eats people up. Mm -hmm. And fortunately we had some semblance of a normal schedule, but you know, you could pick apart our pro group and kind of point to when they kind of hit that not rock bottom moment, but that moment where they just kind of all let it out and it hit Lily not too long ago. 
Tell us about that. Lily. Tell us about that, yeah. Lily. <laughs> it, I'm, I'm super weird. Like, I mean, it is so strange. Like, I will repress every feeling I have until one stupid little thing will set it off. Um, like, I think, okay, so this is like two or three weeks ago. My mom, like, got my Olympic flag framed. We finally got it framed from four years ago. And, like, she sent me the picture, lost it. That was it. Like, I was like, oh, these are all these feelings that I repressed coming out now. <laughs> but that's just how I deal with stress. Like, you know, when I got DQ'd last summer um, in the two breasts, like, they told me I was DQ'd. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I'll move on. And everyone's like, what is wrong with her? <laughs> but that's just how I deal with, like, really that's bad actually, That's actually something that Lily and I are super, super similar to. Um, I'm very good at compartmentalizing and very good at, you know, something horrible happens and I can just put it off in the back of my mind. You know, uh, I was really well equipped and really, <clears throat> unfortunately, really prepared to handle, you know, not to get too deep, but like my dad passed away six months before the Olympics, six months before Olympic trials. And I mean, obviously I was devastated and sad for a number of weeks, but I was really able to compartmentalize. When I got to the pool, I was locked in and I was the same exact person. And Lily's very much like that. And it just took time, you know, all these weeks of quarantine, it building, building it finally. I mean, everybody, the thing that, the thing that all the listeners need to know is that, you know, it doesn't matter how many awesome, amazing people you have on your podcast. If we're all human, if we're all the same, we all have feelings, we all have emotions. And at, at some point, you know, it hits us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lily, did you see the documentary Weight of Gold? I did. And what were, what were your thoughts on that? Um, for me, I, it was nothing new. Um, you know, it was like, okay, yep. I've, you know, I'm watching all these people like, okay, we have very similar accolades. Um, pretty much everyone other than Michael, obviously. Um, and I'm watching and I'm like, Mm, yep uh done that felt that that's happened to me um I've thought about that like it so for me at least I, I know at least from the athlete's perspective who's been in that situation it was no new news for me um but I was actually watching it with a couple of my friends and they were like oh my god like what this is groundbreaking like what's happening and I was like you like you guys didn't know this this is you know stuff that like we've been, I've been going through since Rio. They're like, are you okay? And I was like, I mean, yeah, like I'm, I'm fine guys. <laughs> like I'm fine now. I was like, you weren't, you know, they weren't here in 2017. They're a couple years younger than me, but I was like, but yeah, I was like in a pretty dark place for a while. So, um, unfortunately it was nothing out of the ordinary for me to hear, but I think it was good for the general public to understand. Just so people who don't haven't seen it, this is a, a documentary about the difficulty and depression that can come after a, you know, huge gold medal or or a medal at the Olympics. And just what um, you guys were describing, you know, coming home and all of a sudden, you know, everything is different. Yeah, and I think Cody, we talked when we interviewed you individually. We talked about how you're doing such a great job with with planning the next segment of your life. You know, you've got your channel, you've got you, you know, you're having a family. So do you guys feel like, or, or what, what are your feelings on, you know, first Cody on the, on the documentary a little, you know, a little bit there. And then like, do you think there's a way to preclude that really huge fall? It's not possible. It's not no. possible because in order to achieve 
that level of greatness or that level of success or those gold medals, you have to be a machine wired to do one thing and one thing only. You, right. you have the to focus. Be, you have to be a selfish individual. I've talked about this before. Like I, I, the, the year the, the really the year prior to the Olympics, I was the most selfish I've ever been. And that's a good thing and a bad thing, right? A good thing because every aspect of my life revolved around swimming fast and being fine tuned for going to the pool. But that meant that every other aspect of my life had sacrifices. I said no to a lot of things. I said no to family functions. I said no to weddings. I said no to get togethers. I didn't have any late night outs. You know, it was hard on Allie and I's relationship because I was basically a robot. And um, that's not always fun to be around. And so when you go through something like that, when you are wired that way, which I believe this is controversial, obviously, like I could be wrong, maybe not, maybe there is a way, but in my opinion, I don't, I don't think you get one without the other. I think that the best thing that you can do is try to educate people, particularly up and coming swimmers or up and coming athletes on what is to come. Cause we had no idea. And I love that story in that documentary where Lolo Jones talks about how she had already gone to world championships. She'd already been to the Olympics. She, she had done all these things. And she told that story about how she was working at a gym, making smoothies for people. And they were running replays of nationals where she's winning and the people there couldn't, they couldn't comprehend that this highly accomplished, incredible American athlete, like is basically living paycheck to paycheck. Right. And, and most people, for most people who didn't know about that, like this documentary was a little bit of a wake up call. And I think it's a good thing. Like, I think it's a good piece of, of education, but um, I think the best thing that we can do is, you know, Lily and I is, is openly discuss these kinds of things on platforms like yours, on channels like mine, so that people are at least aware of it. Yeah. What is the, is the most difficult What's the most difficult part? Because they did in the weight of gold, they talked about depression. They talked about the fact that these athletes have been so focused. They don't know what to do afterwards. They talked about the monetary thing. What's, what's the hardest part? I think all of it really. I mean, it, it all just, it comes at you so fast. And like I was 19, like what 19 year old thinks they're going to fall into this depression after the greatest swim meet of their life nobody like you're 19 you're you're invincible right like I should have been I, in my head I was like I should be totally fine and I I remember Camille Adams telling me she said she said make sure you're checking in with someone and I was like okay like I'm fine I don't care um and then I like started to realize later on I was like oh, that was really good advice <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, it, it you know it comes down to that you've been training your whole life for one minute and that one minute is over and whether it was good or not, it's over. And you don't know what to do after that. Like, and as far as the monetary thing, luckily, you know, Cody and I don't really have to worry about that as much as some other athletes. Cause if you think about it, only the medalists really make enough money to, to live their lives. Like we only the medalists can live off of their paychecks from swimming. Like everybody else, like a lot of other swimmers have to get other jobs. And it's crazy to think that you're seeing an Olympic athlete who's working at a gym or, you know, working wherever, but it's, that's very normal. People oftentimes the general public kind of misinterpret um, fame. They, they, they associate being famous with being wealthy. And those two are, those two do not coincide all the time. You know, <laughs> most, most famous athletes are not I mean, in the, in the world of Olympic sports are not really all that wealthy. There's very few Olympic swimmers that 
are doing really, really well financially. Unfortunately, Lily and I are doing okay, but you know, and hopefully with the promise of this new ISL league, that can change, right? I mean, when mm-hmm. I graduated college, like I had to work to support myself to swim, to support myself to train. And hopefully in a few years, you know, you can just jump on a team in a league and, you know, start making money just swimming. So I think we're in, we're in, I mean, this is a topic for a whole other podcast, but I think we're in the <laughs> early stages of a, a great transformation for our sport that I'm pretty psyched about. Oh, that's a great point. Wonderful. And getting on a little lighter note for, you know, t- talking with some of our young listeners, what would you say would be a good way to develop a good training partner friendship with, uh, you know, somebody that you swim with a lot or, you know, that you're, you know, you have on your team, how, how would you say that that might be a, a, a way that they could develop a friendship like you guys have? Hmm. <laughs> <Start> <laughs> you can start clucking and see who looks up. <laughs> you got to put yourself out there, you know, and, and see what people, you, it's, a, it's a game of catch and release. You know, you're on a swim team, you're in a group of 12 people, start goofing off and see who takes, you know? I mean, obviously it's hard to replicate this awesome synergy that Lily and I have. <laughs> just, it can't be done. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it, it can be done. People just have yeah. to on themselves. I, mean, I think realize, yeah. I think realizing that your, your person at practice. So I, my two people at practice are Cody and Laura Morley. Like I can look at either of you and know that I'm going to be okay, <laughs> you know? Um, but also knowing that like your person at practice doesn't have to be the fastest person on the team. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I have said that for a long time, you know, Laura thankfully now is, is going to most likely go to the Olympics, which yeah, is awesome. But her freshman, sophomore year, you know, she was, she was like B final, a final in one event at big tens. Like she was definitely not, the person I was racing the most at practice, but she was the person I could look at and know that everything was going to be okay. And that she was going to have a positive attitude at practice and that we were going to work hard together. So I think finding someone who is excited to be at practice and excited to work hard is super important in finding like a friendship like this um, to have, you know, as a training partner. Lily, I think that's, I mean, both, both points are great, but I love Lily that you pointed out that it doesn't have to be, I mean, you guys are a rarity. You, you're, you're Olympic champions, you know, both of you and training in the same lane, but it can be, be just two kids that, you know, that aren't ever going to be Olympic champions may never even make nationals. <laughs> but I, I mean, having been a coach on deck and of course spent millions of hours looking at the black line myself, I remember back to my youth as you know, my, I was a distance swimmer. So you have that bond with the distance people who are in there just crushing it uh, themselves every day. And, you know, I remember a guy named David Coggins. He was my guy that was, you know, we, we had a friendship a lot like you guys that, you know, we didn't say a lot, we weren't real deep, but you just looked over and you knew that, that he was going to be with you on the next, you know, 10, 1000. I think that's just a beautiful point that it's somebody that, reach out, like put yourself out there. I love that Cody. And also it doesn't have to be, you know, the fastest person in the pool, but somebody with a great attitude. So I, re- I really, yeah, the, the, really had, like having that. shared value, values is really important. And I mean, Kelly and I are in different sports, but she has supported me that way. And I like to think I've supported her that way because we have the same value. This is important. This is, you know, important in our lives and we, we hold each other up. 
Yeah, absolutely. We always, you know, we want to be respectful of your time. We do have one last question, but we do have a little fun quiz round. But the last question before the last question is, do you guys have a, uh, or what kind of, you're both super competitive. What does your competitiveness, how does that affect your friendship? Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Oh, it plays into our friendship. Oh man, <laughs> it, it does. Like we, we are competitive with each other at practice, especially during kick yeah. sets. Cause Lily can kick pretty much faster than 95% of the guys on our team. Like she's really good on a kickboard just the other day. What was it? Was it Monday? Monday afternoon, I was like, yeah. hey, really, uh, that 400 kick, what'd you go? What'd you go on that? And you were like, did you say 448 or something? And I was like, oh, yeah. I went. Oh, my God, that's fast. <laughs> yeah. I was rubbing it in that I beat her, though, you know? So, like, we're competitive with each other, too. I hope yeah. I can do that. But I think style. also, yeah, out of the pool, he's a lot more competitive than I am outside of the pool. That's true. All like, right. Then. You you will get into it with board games. But that's I the weird don't. thing. <laughs> the weird thing about you is like you hate to lose more than anyone like I've ever really met, but it's only really with swimming. Like you turn it off with other stuff. Like I'm like, if I'm playing a video game or a board game or if we're playing hacky sack, like I've got to beat you. And like I'll find a way. Like I will. Hmm. Lily's like, eh, you know, eh, whatever. I just won't participate. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Then then so we've created a special quiz just for just for you two and just for this particular show. Uh, but before we, so so it sounds like, Cody, you're going to go for this and Lily's not going to care, but we'll see. Um, but we, <laughs> Well, Lily doesn't want to lose, so maybe she's That's right, even. so she might just say, but she, but I, I will say, just woman power, I have put a little trick question in there for Lily. So, uh-oh, it's a little, yeah, it's a little, little trick question. Um, But before we, before we go to that quiz, is there anything that you guys want to share with us that we haven't covered just, just anything. I think the one thing that is often overlooked with Lily that most people don't know is how kind and compassionate she is, especially with kids. Lily's going to be a teacher. She's going to be a PE teacher. Like that's what, that's what she wants to be. Like she has no pursuit of doing anything else. And most people like don't even realize that they they still think about the finger wagging incident and this this mean American girl who kind of stuck it to the man and said, I'm, I'm going to beat you. And um, what they don't realize is just how nice she is outside of the pool. If you're not racing her in the pool, she is genuinely a sweet, sweet human. And uh, I think that that just gets overlooked because she has this persona of being like a really tough, you know, this hard exterior. But that's really not the case. You know. Do you think people would have given her a hard time if she had been a man doing the same? No, no, I don't. Unfortunately, no. Well, Lily, I mean, we don't have to tell you that you're you're yeah, with two strong women here, and I thought it was like <laughs> I you know, loved it. We loved it, and I, I always thought you were just the coolest thing. And and whenever there's swim swim comments that are negative on you, I put three positive ones in there. I'm like <laughs> Lily rocks, and you know, like I try to enter under different names, but sometimes Braden will catch me and be like, you can't enter the same thing. So, um, but anything, it kills, Lily, me. It kills that, me how sexist that is. Sorry. Is, I just is. had to comment. But, that. Yeah. But I, 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 I really think haters speak up more than, than lovers and that yeah, you probably yeah. have way more people out there that love I'm you sure. that just aren't saying a word. So, right. um, anything Lily from you before we go to the quiz for about Cody I that we haven't shared or Cody, that was like the nicest was thing you've ever said yeah. to me. Was so <laughs> sweet. But I mean, 
I like I I'm an oldest child. Cody's like basically the big brother I never had, and just super thankful for you know our relationship. And I hadn't even thought about what my life would be like without you. Like that's just yeah. you know that's just a given. But yeah, just just super thankful to have him in my life, and you both you and Allie, and you guys are like basic. You're, you're like my big brother, but you guys are like my parents here. You know, <laughs> but. Yeah, just 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 grateful to have such a great friendship and and a good train buddy and uh, all of that mushy stuff. You know it. You know it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's, That's great. Beautiful. We 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 just did a uh, a brand camp for our show, and one of the um, values that we have is is love, and and that's what we said. You know, we we really like to show love and. Um, so that's that's a beautiful place. But now we're going to get the gloves wait, off. I just want to yeah. point point out that it's right alongside badass. We are both yeah, badass, love, badass. yeah, badass <laughs> lovers. So, so. Um, all right, so Maria, I there are just a few. You, you need to you need to ask these, Kelly. These are your, yeah, these I know, are. I know, and there's only a few of them. So um, this is a, this okay. is a, a quiz with the theme of swimming. So it's just like hit your buzzer first. You don't have to hit a buzzer. You just answer the question. Okay, so whoever answers first gets a point. And we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven questions. So there will be an uneven. Of the four strokes, what is the oldest stroke? Freestyle. Backstroke. Come on, guys. Breaststroke. Breaststroke. I got it. I said that was the third answer. (laughs) zero to zero i'll keep score lily got that one didn't she no she said that i thought this is my tactic let cody answer first because he probably that's a smart tactic Ah. okay 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 Okay. this one's gonna be really easy ready uh where were the first olympics held athens athens oh cody got it first okay so one to one in the uh 2002 commonwealth games who won six gold medals Michael Phelps. Ian Thorpe. Oh, wait. Yes, Ian he, he Thorpe. The Those are <laughs> Commonwealth, Cody. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Ian well, Thorpe. At, at one point, did the United States ever compete in the Commonwealth? I don't know about that. <laughs> Not unless it was before 1776. <laughs> Whatever. <No>. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do they have pools then? At the world, <laughs> at the FINA World Championships. What is the young, the age of the youngest swimmer ever to compete at the world championship level? 10. Yes, 10. Lily, I did not give her the answers to this. That was just a good guess. (laughs) It was 10. Yeah, it's. um, Wasn't she there a couple years ago? Yeah, it was just, it was just a couple years ago. Okay, I remember. You, you can, yeah. you can, can he can he still bring it back? I think he. he can um. Yeah, he could. There's three questions left, so he could still bring it back. All right. Okay, on, Cody. Oops, the correct answer for the next question is actually Debbie Meyer. She won gold in the 200, 400, and 800 in the 1968 Olympics. We were just having a little too much fun and did not get this question right. Before Katie Ledecky. What woman won the Janet two, Evans. the four, and the eight? Yep, Cody got it. Okay. God dang it. <laughs> I knew Cody she was going to get it, though. She was going to get it. You can't get the okay. Janet question before yeah, that's, me. That's good. That's okay. good. He oldest it out before he heard the whole thing. Swimming, the oldest swimming world record on the books, and we're only talking long course meters. 
That's a hard one. It doesn't go back very far. Women's to fly? No, I will give you a hint that it is one of the GOATS records. It's the men's foreign freestyle. Or I am. Or I am. It Michael is the I am. That's right. That's 2008. Okay, this was the ringer in case, Lily, you so didn't. She's got it. She's the, got in it. case you didn't care about <laughs> winning outside of the pool. Somebody has who lost was here. The women's, <laughs> who was the women's NCAA champion in the 200 breast in 2018? Me? Okay. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Lily King! <laughs> I was like, the men's What year did Lily graduate? <laughs> Oh, that was it. That was the, those were the seven questions. Oh, that was so, fun. Yeah, that was fun. But um, yeah, sorry about that, Cody. We'll, we'll make a better, oh, yeah, a better butt, quiz man. for the next one. I beat you to Janet Evans, Lily. I mean, I think. Yeah, I yeah that was. Listen to the whole question. Yeah, guess what? <laughs> I There's any way to do it. played. <laughs> All right, guys, we are so grateful. This has been so Thank fun. So we much. really, really you appreciate it. Terrific. Takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. We've heard from you that your favorite section of our podcast is the takeaways. Thank you so much for that feedback. But before we get to the takeaways today, we wanted to ask you if you would please give us a five-star review. That way, more people will be able to find our podcast. Also, if you could subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, you'll never miss a podcast episode if you subscribe. And please share our podcast with your friends. And now the takeaways. Well, wow, Maria, what a great, uh, what a great interview. And those guys are so fun. And uh, yeah, just, we just didn't really fun. have to ask too many questions. They were no, so. No, we didn't. It was just we could have just sat back and let them talk. But uh, it's yeah. fun to to look at, you know, kind of what makes a champion and and some of the stuff, some of the takeaways that we just talked about. And there's always more than the two we each give. But right. was, um, you know, either something that they noticed in one another or something that they practiced. So what was your first takeaway? Well, I, I loved that they, they were very, very close, but it wasn't necessarily about their communication with one another other than sort of physical or, you know, you know, smiling or looking at each other. They didn't have, have that many deep talks, but they just knew that the other had experienced and was experiencing the same things they were, and they felt very supported in that. So to me, that's a great takeaway because I'm, you know, I'm such a big talker and I love to, you know, I love to go deep and all that, but, but I, but my friendships where I've just, you know, or, or the times, I guess, where somebody has just walked beside me and, and uh, not said much, you know, have meant a lot to me. So I, I think that's a great takeaway that friendship, can be really good without a lot of communication, just with being there essentially physically in looks and, and, you know, just being there for somebody, especially if you've had a shared experience as they have. Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, just, just whatever you're going through that's tough, you know, that someone else is going through, like maybe if you're in the end of a marathon and you're just running next to someone, you know, you, right. you know, that that person's at mile 22 as well. Um, but yeah, that, that you can, you can have that respect and that um, the power. And I think he said, Lily would just look at him and go like that in a set. Yeah. You know? um, so I yeah. loved, I love that. My first yeah. takeaway was that a lot of their friendship is based on humor. 
And yeah, I love the, that. Love that. Yeah, they, they just have fun, and I love the clucking. You know, they, they talked about <laughs> clucking and that it would irritate people, but they were, you know, maybe at different ends of the pool when they weren't swimming together, and they would cluck at each other, and and they would know, hey, there's my there's my partner in crime or my you know friend that's with me doing this, and and you know, as I think back on some of my closest friendships. Um, you know, Mark and I have a little, I call it twin speak. And we have a little, a little thing that we do. It's not clucking, but it's a little, it's a little noise that we make that just like, he comes, <laughs> you know, he comes in the house and makes this little noise. And then I make the little noise back to him. And then that's the answer. So um, yeah. I, I love that, that um, a lot of their friendship was based on humor. And, and that was, that was really cool. How about your second takeaway? Yeah. I like, I just want to add that. I love that too. In fact, um, I was away from Jim for a long time. And when we were together again, I, I realized that I had missed his humor. I never really thought of him as this super funny guy, but yeah, humor is such a great lubricant and a relationship. And it's for me, I just love to laugh. So that's great. Um, but my second takeaway was, uh, you know, I loved, you know, uh, Cody said, Lily hates to lose, you know, and, and they teach in counseling and, and psychology that, we should be motivated by the rewards of success and not the, not the fear of failure, that the fear of failure isn't that strong a motivator. But whoever wrote that or studied that wasn't me or Lily, I guess, because <laughs> I, I am totally motivated by the fear of failure. And, you know, I love winning, but gosh, I hate losing. And, you know, she kind of talked about it being embarrassed or shame or, or whatever, you know, and whatever it takes. And that's, I guess, what I would like to do is sort of normalize that if, if, and if anybody's out there and they're just, you know, they're afraid to lose, that's okay. You know, whatever, whatever it takes to get across the finish line. I, I love the, I loved her openness about, you know, I hate to lose and she hasn't lost a lot. So that works for right. her. Right. It's definitely working for Lily. For <laughs> but sure. I've lost and I can, and I can bring up the, the, the embarrassment of feeling that and not want to do that anymore. And that will make me work harder. So I, yes. I like that. What about you, Kel? Yeah, well, my last one may actually be my favorite part of the whole interview, which was when when I ask, um, you know, what would you tell people out there that are looking for this kind of a partnership? Oh, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love they both had great answers. One, Cody said, you know, just put yourself out there, try yeah, try on some people, so act true. goofy, and see who responds to you. Yeah, and and Lily right. said. You know, it may not be the fastest person in the pool that ends up being, you know, kind of your partner in crime. But I think it is, you know, they've done studies that when you have a, a really good training partner or somebody that you can kind of count on when you're doing tough things, that it helps you. It helps you get through yeah. it. And so yeah. um, I, I love that the idea that, hey, try on some different, you know, if you're in a, a large training group of 20 people or right now with COVID, we, we wouldn't be. But um, someone even, you know, even in your Zoom group that might have the same sense of humor to, that you have or be going through a tough time. So I really, I liked both of their uh, piece of it, of wisdom on, on finding somebody that, you know, they, they happen to be the extraordinary, you know, Olympic gold medalists that are training partners, but that doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way to still have a lot, get a lot out of a partnership. Yeah, I, I like that too. I, I, I like the idea of, yeah, the, you know, you have different friendships. They talk about your work husband or work wife. You have different friendships right. in different areas. But I think, yeah, finding that person, you know, whatever, who has 
to me who has my values and you know who wants to do what I want to do that's really important I love that yeah great great takeaway great interview such as they're just so fun can't wait to watch and see what these two do Yes, absolutely. And Maria, you are my partner in crime on this. And I'm, yes. I couldn't be happier. And, you know, just um, you inspire me every day. And I love you so much. And thanks, as always, for being on this journey with me. Well, I love you too, Kelly. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Yep, you too. Bye. This week's quotes of the week come from Lily King and Cody Miller. Lily says, it's a much less lonely journey when you have someone going through the same thing. Cody says, having someone that's on the same wavelength makes practice so much better. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cobra Media, and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.